Brandon Staley has been under a ton of heat after the Chargers 2-2 two two start, but he has a chance to change the narrative by winning the next two games. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Daniel, after a less than ideal start for the Chargers and coach Brandon Staley, if he wants to change the narrative, if he wants to change the perception about how people see him, these next two games are crucial to changing that narrative. Absolutely, because the thing is, it's one thing they haven't been known for in Brandon Staley's time, beating good teams. And they're going to be an underdog in the next two upcoming games and have a chance to beat two pretty good teams. But this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. David, Brandon Staley has rightfully taken a lot of heat, I think, so far this season. I think people's claims, you know, about him and what they're upset about and the decisions that have been made and just overall the body of work that he's put together. Chargers fans have the right to be upset about it. And the one big thing is the Chargers just haven't been able to win big games under Brandon Staley for the most part, right? Especially recently. If you go back to 2022, probably one. One good team that they beat in 2022. A couple more in 2021. Bengals, Steelers, Chiefs, Eagles. Those were all playoff teams that season. But David, if Brandon Staley can somehow come out and beat the Cowboys on Monday Night Football, and then follow that up by beating the Chiefs, sending them, and basically at that point tying them at the top of the AFC West. Obviously, they will be a half game back since the Chiefs have played more games. That would totally change a lot, I think, as far as how people think of Brandon Staley. Absolutely. I mean, I think after the the first week of the season, uh, you know, there's all so, sorts of anticipation. Uh, but now I, I think we know that the Dolphins are one of the better teams in the NFL. I mean, that offense is ridiculous. It's very, very, very real. Uh, but, I mean, besides that, I mean, the Chargers have had a very up and down start to their season. And there just hasn't been any very much that you can hold your hat on and say the Chargers really, really excel doing this one thing. So going up against these these two opponents, despite what the 49ers did to the Cowboys, the Cowboys are still a good football team. They're one of the better teams in the NFL, and we know what the Chiefs are. The Chiefs are a team that is hard to kill. They're a, a very, very difficult team to put away. But for Brandon Staley, if he wants to change the way that everyone in the world looks at him, media, Charger fans, even probably people in the organization, you want to give them confidence in your ability to lead this football team to the playoffs, it starts with winning these two games against these two opponents. You beat the Cowboys, one of the most popular teams in the NFL, and then you go out and you beat the Chiefs, the number one team in your division, not just this year, not just last year, but for the last five or six years. That is how you make the statement. That's how you change the way people see you. And then you start getting looked at as a legitimate head football coach and a legitimate contender in the AFC West. 
And let me be clear. I mean, just winning these two games doesn't even necessarily, you know, win Brandon Staley his job in 2024. Like, it, it can't just be that. Right. That's the best way he could possibly start. And even if he wins the next two games, it's not going to change everyone's mind. But to no. me, it's at a very prove it point where it's like, okay, prove to me that you're a good team by beating good teams. Yes. And you have, I still think even after the Cowboys got trounced 42 to 10 on primetime Sunday night football, which I love to see. <laughs> even after you know everything else like it's still they seem still like a good team to me i know yeah. micah parsons is good you know they have good players offensively they're still going to be a playoff team probably the cowboys right they still have a legitimate roster yeah and it's going to be a kellen Moore revenge game so i mean that one's going to feel good for multiple reasons right because it definitely seemed like they could use some kellen Moore on sunday night <laughs> yeah. football against the 49ers right i don't know if kellen Moore. yeah there's the a whole lot of there. kellen Moore probably wasn't the problem going out there right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but the, this is what it comes down to david like last year the chargers were one in six against playoff teams yeah. right the only team they beat was the dolphins that was his signature win in 2022 and it's just it's not enough like if you want to consistently be a good team you got to go out and beat good teams and last year yeah. the chargers beat up on what was ended up being a pretty soft schedule and they got blown out by the seahawks they got blown out by the jaguars yeah. right they like they they have a chance to at least get rid of that. Brandon Staley's never beat two good teams back-to-back. -back yeah, exercise some demons, right? Exercise some demons for sure. And the Cowboys win would feel great. But the Chiefs win is more important. It's yes. a divisional win. It would you know put them right there at the top of the AFC West, being a half game behind the Chiefs at that point if they were to go win. And assuming you know that the Chiefs go and win next weekend. And they might even be my buy. I haven't even checked it. But like you have a chance to put yourself right there at the top of the division and yeah. beat a team you've only beat once in your tenure as Chargers head coach. And, David, the, the Chiefs, they're still really good, obviously, but it still feels like a winnable game. Like, they're, they're always tough. The games are always close against the Chargers and the Chiefs. The Chiefs have never beat a Brandon Staley team with Patrick Mahomes by more than six points. Yeah. It still feels like it would be very, very tough, but it feels like a game they could win. Absolutely, it does. I mean, that Chiefs defense definitely looks really, really formidable. <laughs> that's the. I, mean, I can't believe that's that, the annoying, that's so annoying thing. So yeah, annoying that 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 sucks to see because you know you look at that offense and and besides Travis Kelsey, I mean, there's not a lot of star power there. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that scare you that make you go, oh no. But you know what does scare you? Andy Reid and his ability yeah. to take all of those weapons and all of those, you know, you know, misfit toys, if you will, and make them work and make them effective. And of course, you have Patrick Mahomes, who's the guy who always just seems to sneak by you and get to the first down or extend the play. And yeah, make and he the elevates throw. those guys around. Yeah, him, right. Like, he that's does. what it is. He, he absolutely does. But that offense definitely seems like one that can get stifled, that that can get stopped, that that team looks like it's a team that can be beaten. And the Chargers play the Chiefs tough. They play the Chiefs tougher than anybody in the NFL. They know this team very, 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 very well. They love to compete against them. I do feel like the Chargers can beat them. If they do, that's definitely the bigger win between those two games, between those two teams, because that's an AFC West opponent. Those two, and especially against the Chiefs, that is a statement. And I don't think you can make any bigger one than knocking off the Super Bowl champions. Yeah, and a team that only has one loss this year, and it came by one point without Travis Kelsey in the game. Like, right, and that Chris is, Jones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a huge part of it, too. Like, that is the team you're trying to knock off. That is the barometer. That's the measuring stick, however yep. you want to say it. That's the team you want to go beat. But, yeah, I mean, the fact they haven't given up more than 21 points in a game this season makes me <laughs> sick. I'm used to them having a bad defense. 
you know, or at least an average to below average defense. This defense looks a lot better. Maybe that has more to do with the offense they've gone up against so far, but still looks like a legitimate unit. And I think the part of this, David, that's also important is I think right now you'd sign up for a split. And I think even right now going one and one over the next two games is still an acceptable outcome. Like you'd still be pretty happy with that getting to three and three with games coming up against the Jets and the and the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, definitely, uh, you know, want to go two and oh in this situation. I mean, that's always the goal here. Um, but yeah, if I have to go one on one, I'm OK with that. Uh, I mean, and I would much prefer that win to come against the Chiefs than against the Cowboys. Obviously, I want to even though you live in Texas, even though I live in Texas, that, that doesn't change the fact that I know the Chiefs are the bigger name. They're the bigger yeah. opponent. They're a mo- they're more important opponent opponent to beat. So that's the, the team I want the Chargers to take down for sure. I just think it's the more impactful win. Uh, just uh, yeah. across the conference and, uh, you know, the bigger statement to make. I mean, that's that's the team you want to take down for sure. Absolutely it is. And I think, you know, the problem with going one-on-one, one, though, is it doesn't totally change the narrative, right? That's the big difference. Like, yeah. bad teams can beat good teams. Right. But good teams consistently are, are competitive and beat other good teams, right? So, like, that's right. anyone can win one. Go win back-to-back Brandon Staley, and I think you'll buy yourself a much longer leash with this fan base who just feels like they're going into these games not feeling like the Chargers have a chance or, worse yet, have a chance but are going to blow it at the end. You have two likely close games coming up where you can change a lot of those things. Two games in a row, they found a way to finish. See if they can do it against some much better competition coming up. But we have more to get into, including more on J.C. Jackson and this news has David pretty riled up. You guys are going to want to hear what J- David has for J.C. Jackson after the latest reports have come out. So we're going to get to that coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about something that is much more fun than David getting upset about J.C. Jackson. That is FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, guys, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. The best kind of bets that I place are the kinds that I can't lose, so I love the thought of being able to win even when I lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. This app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, and I like to spread my things around with spreads, player props, over-unders, and, and much more. Right now, guys, the Chargers open up as two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home on Monday Night Football against the Cowboys with a chance to get over 500 for the first time this season. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. David, I know that by what you put on Twitter, (laughs) that you are going to be a little upset about the topic we're getting into right now because it's J.C. Jackson and the news that has come out, right? And let's start with saying this. J.C. Jackson obviously traded to the Patriots for a bag of chips. The Chargers eating a lot of dead money. Yep. But we knew there had to be more to it, right? He was a healthy scratch. We knew something must have led up to that. And also just something must have been going on behind the scenes for this to move as quickly as it did, where the Chargers had him as a healthy scratch. The next week, he does not come into the game and play a single snap. And then he's obviously traded the next week to the Patriots for basically nothing. And this is what Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero had to say. Sources say Jackson repeatedly refused to go into the game against the Raiders on October 1st, standing on the sideline with shoes untied even when a teammate was banged up and needed to come off the field. That teammate was Michael Davis. Michael Davis was hurt against the Raiders. He was going to come out of the game, but J.C. Jackson refused to go into the game. And David, I know that has you riled up. 
It's unbelievable. I, I can't sit here with a straight face and say anything positive about this man. You get paid millions and millions of dollars to play a kid's game. And you're sitting here telling me, oh, I'm not going to go into the football game because I'm not warmed up. Excuse me, your responsibility as a professional athlete, if you're active on game day, is to keep yourself ready so you don't have to get ready. I'm not trying to hear that ridiculous excuse. Get that added here. I'm sorry. One of your teammates, one of the guys that you went to war with, you went to battle with, a guy that you were in training camp with every single day, sweating it out, trying to learn this system, trying to understand how to play, is out there playing hurt. And he needs you to come in and step in and spell him. And you can't even, you can't even do that as a man. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, I have a huge, massive problem with that. That can't happen. And then it comes out that you're having an issue with the sport, uh, the sports performance team, and and the people who sat there day in and day out to help you get back on the football field, coming back from one of the most serious injuries in, in NFL history, te tearing your patella tendon. That I, I that made my blood boil, Daniel. I could not believe that information came out. I knew we were missing things. I knew there were parts of the story that we did not know of. Now it's starting to come out, and the more I hear it, the more I'm happy they got rid of him and they cut the poison right out. Yeah, it's unacceptable. I, I mean, the thing is, is like if, if you didn't feel good enough to play, you have to sit out the game. You're inactive. I mean, you are a healthy scratch, air quotes, right, the game before, so you were healthy enough to play in that game. You weren't healthy enough to come play in this game. I, I did see in that same article by Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport that he, in t at times with the Patriots, according to sources, would sit out the starts of drives, the starts of halves, until he could get warmed up. I mean, I didn't go back and watch all the Patriots game to confirm that, but, like, that just seems weird, man. Like, and, and also just everything else that's come out about, you know, in the past sources saying that. It sounds that, like such diva actions daniel oh, it's sure. like i sure. i'm more important than everybody else i can't be ready with it when everyone else is supposed to be ready when everyone else did their pre-game warm warm-ups and they did their jogs right. and they yeah, made sure their body was ready yeah. none of nobody else was complaining about that but here we we it comes out that you aren't ready to play in a game you've been playing your whole life i'm sorry that that's ridiculous to me no absolutely and you have plenty of time to warm up if you're not warmed up enough the Chargers will have a, you know someone specifically go and continue to work on you they have trainers and it's not there. like michael davis got hurt on the first play of the game right it's like you had plenty of time to get yourself warm or to keep yourself ready but it just it seems like and it's hard for me to get around the fact that this was just an act of defiance this yeah. wasn't a, i don't feel good enough to play in my opinion right this is hey you had me as a healthy scratch last week you're not starting me this week, and at this point, I'm not willing to come into the game for you, but to do that when another teammate is hurt, I, I don't know how you put that dude back in the locker room with the rest of his teammates after that. Like At that point, there's going to be problems around the rest of those teammates, and the Chargers were smart to cut out this distraction. Like Obviously, a bad move by them, right? Yeah. But horrible. yeah, going to what you're saying, sources say issues arose between Jackson and the sports performance staff, staff to the coaches and to the support staff, it was a struggle, sources say, and no one could seem to get through to him. So this is multiple people trying to fix the situation, trying to mend the situation, and everyone has some culpability like we talked about on our last show last week. But, man, it, it's starting to seem like, okay, well, there was one obvious common denominator here, and a lot of different people tried to do things a lot of different ways, and the Chargers absolutely had no choice but to cut this distraction out. Absolutely not. Because if I'm one of his teammates, after I hear about this story, 
I'm wanting to meet him in the in the in the middle of a parking lot. Like I, I mean, I want to throw hands. Those things because, do not like, fly well that, in locker that, rooms. That's, that's all, my right? brother, right? That's yeah. my brother that you just neglected, that you let left out there to maybe potentially get seriously injured. And what what happens if Michael Davis? gets a season-ending injury because of what happened in this football game. Now we're talking about changing the tra trajectory of this season, possibly for the Chargers, completely. That's kind of yeah. the seriousness of It is interesting of, of that he still went back in the here. game, though, too, right? Because it's like you yeah. could have right, put Dean Leonard. Or Dean Leonard actually missed that, right? Yeah, he, he wasn't, was now there. He wasn't yeah, available. They really yeah. didn't have any other options. Yeah, now that stuff just doesn't fly, right? Like these dudes care. And we saw it last year with Jerry Tillery, David, where it got yeah. to the point, and, and the Chargers hadn't been willing to do this enough in the past, right? You're right. Like, we saw Desmond King is probably the closest example to this. Yeah. But under Brandon obviously, this is a big focus. The Chargers pride themselves in, in bringing in those type of players that aren't going to cause these things. Yeah. And it seems like that's really where Tom Tuesco went the most wrong, right? It feels yeah. like... He didn't get the information right on the product he was getting or the player that he was getting. A very, very good player, but a player that came with some red flags and some red flags that obviously, you know, he could have also started in Los Angeles as well. Like, there's certain parts of it yeah. that obviously things didn't go well, but this whole thing has just been a train wreck. It's been horrible. But, I mean, hey, maybe this was the outlier. Maybe this was, hey, I'm going to go against the grain because normally I am always getting high-character guys. I'm always getting guys that never have any problems. Maybe I was going to take a chance on this guy. Maybe I was going to take a chance on a guy who's obviously talented, who has obviously had results in the NFL. As but they had obvious very high issues, level. though? So you're yeah. saying you think they might have known about the issues and Tom Telesco just decided to abandon his philosophy of only bringing in high-character guys? That's kind of yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, maybe. Uh, that's. What I mean, obviously, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say with any conviction or anything like that because I don't know. That's yeah. just my opinion. But Well, here's I mean, the bigger question, though, David. Are, are the Chargers better without him? Because we can talk about the distraction, but obviously it's a guy who had, you know, 20-plus interceptions over a three-year span. Do you think they're better now even without him on the field at all in any capacity? Yeah, I do. I definitely feel like they're better without him because, I, and I mean, it, some of the the, st the stats that were brought up in that article from Ian Rappaport and uh, Tom Pelissero really kind of backed it up. He said, <laughs> with Asante Samuel Jr. and uh, Michael Davis starting this season, the team is 2-0 and in parts of the past two seasons. The Chargers were 3-4 and with Jackson in the lineup and 9-5 and without him. So the numbers speak pretty loudly to in, in the way that the Chargers are definitely better off without J.C. Jackson. I feel like now the Chargers don't have to worry about you know bringing him back, him saying that he's not 100% yeah. healthy. They don't have to worry about mixing him in and getting him snaps. They don't have to worry about any of that. Now they know who their corners are going to be on the outside. They know it's going to be Michael Davis on one side, Asante Samuel Jr. on the other side, and Jasir Taylor in the slot. Those guys can get settled in they can get comfortable and they can go kind of get that chemistry with everybody who's going to be playing out there on the defense i think that in the long run it's going to be much much better for the chargers let's be honest jc jackson never played good football for the chargers at any point in in his tenure with this team so i mean i don't think the chargers are really losing anything at all i think it's fair you know i still think that yeah the best case for this team this season was J.C. Jackson even gets to 80% of what he was as a Patriot, yeah. right? And that would have made your defense better if he could have been 80% of that player. It just felt like it was never going to happen. Like yeah. It just feels like those dreams were dashed a long time ago. And the Chargers, you know, tried to motivate him after it sounds like things were already going on behind the scenes and tried yeah, to reprimand him ways. by making him a healthy scratch for a game. And he took that reprimand and just totally melted down and, and, you know, refused to play in the end. And that's just, it sucks that it all went that way, but it just yeah, quit was on never, 
never a fit. It, it just never was a fit schematic. We, it, it, Brandon Steele, didn't ever feel like he really had the right buttons to push with him to get him to play his best out there, right? And how he used him is part of it, too. There's a lot of to the story, but at the same time, this team is better without him because they don't have to sit there and try to bring him back, like you're saying, and, and deal with the learning curve that's going to come with him getting back and getting into the full swing of things. Like they don't, they can't afford to have three bad games by for from JC Jackson while he figures out how to play again. Like they just can't do it. It's they're yeah, two and two. They're at this contending. Point. They're contending. They can't. They're in the middle of things right now, and and they just they couldn't afford to take three games and just be like, well, it's just JC working himself back. Because like. Those are three losses you just can't afford. And, and like he was bad enough in some games where he was losing them games. But there is good news because in that same article, he, uh, Tom Pellicero and Ian Rapport both also said that Joey Bosa and Derwin James are expected to come back against the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. And Austin Eckler should be back out there according to Austin Eckler. So we're going to talk about reinforcements on the way coming up right after this. Speaking of reinforcements, I need to tell you guys about LinkedIn jobs because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs because LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. They make it so easy to create a job post and after you do that, all you have to do is add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. My wife, I've said she's a recruiter, I got in trouble is a talent acquisition specialist and you should see the way she lights up when she talks about LinkedIn jobs. Yeah, I don't want to mess around with my pregnant wife right now, but she loves this and she told me today, if you're trying to do the best for your company down the stretch of this year and end the year strong, get the right person, get the best options for your company at LinkedIn. And you can do that by going to LinkedIn jobs because they will find you the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, David, we have more to get into about reinforcements. It feels weird to say Hallelujah. that in week five going into week six that we're just like, all right, reinforcements are finally here after, you know, the Chargers have only played four games. But that's just on today's show. We will be back with you guys the rest of the week, all the way up until Monday Night Football, and especially with a potential very special guest later on in the week, a certain Chargers draft pick potentially coming on the show to give us some insight into you know what it's, his rookie year has been going like so far. And we'll probably put that out tonight on our new subtext. You guys can find the subtext, our personal SMS system, where you guys can text us directly and ask us questions at any time and get also any exclusive things that we have we put on there. So you can check out the show notes wherever if you're listening on apple Podcasts or any podcast or if you're watching on youtube but we will have you guys the rest of the week crossover thursday this week is back excited about that with locked on cowboys but david i want to get into some good news that we have today and something we kind of expected but anytime you could get two nfl guys like ian rapport and tom pelicero to kind of put their stamp on something it feels a little bit more real and it feels like it's not just wishful thinking by us this is what they said. The Chargers defense also has reinforcements coming after the bye week with Derwin James and Joey Bosa amongst those expected to return to action as soon as October 16th against the Cowboys. And I'm taking that as they will be returning October yeah. 16th against the Cowboys. And David, let's be honest. I mean, the Chargers two best players should be back in the fold for them after the bye week or defensive yeah. players, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, getting Derwin James back is going to be great. He's the <clears throat> third leading tackler on this team with even missing a week. Uh, so that just kind of goes to show you how all over the place Derwin James is. 
But also, I think, you know, him being out this last week has kind of been a little bit of a blessing in disguise just because now you know what you have in Dean Marlowe. And I think yeah. Dean Marlowe is a guy that's going to be on the field a lot more. I, I think you're going to see him and another safety that should be back in the fold, hopefully, which is Alohi Gilman. Yeah, he uh, was one of the closer ones, two playing. So I'd have to yeah. think he's back if Derwin's back, who was doubtful, although he was questionable at least most of the week, you know. Yeah. And then, I mean, hey, JT Woods saw the field a little bit, but he, you know, he's out. You know, he's on. Uh, the, he won't be know, back at least the, the next three games. Yeah, yeah, he's on the illness list, so you know he's with a medical be, condition that we have no idea. We don't about know about. At this point. Yeah. yeah, we have no idea about. But I think you know what you have in that safety room now, and I think you know who's going to be on the field for the most part. You're going to have Derwin James, and maybe you'll feel a little bit more comfortable with him being uh, up close on the line of scrimmage, being closer to the ball, rushing the passer, being a little bit more physical in the running game. When you have a guy like Dean Marlowe on the back end and Alohi yeah. Gilman who can kind of handle those responsibilities and allow. Derwin James to do what he does best, which is roam around and do whatever he needs to to impact the game. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, would quell a lot of the concerns that people have about them trying to do too much with Derwin James when he yeah. is out there. If you had somebody you feel better about on the back end, and I think Dean Marlowe showed in that last game that he should absolutely have the the safety three spot locked up, which is the yeah. safety that goes to the back when Derwin James is moving up nearer to the line of scrimmage. And David, me and you talked about this a little bit, but it felt like me, to me, that the Chargers were rolling the dice a little bit against the Raiders. Probably a couple yeah. guys they could have tried to push back into that game, but it, they wanted to wait for the bye week, at least from my perspective. Yeah. Feels like they got a little lucky. They got away with it, right? But all these guys should be back. And to me, David, it's about, okay, now these guys playing like they should play. Yeah. Joey Bosa and Derwin James playing up to their capabilities, playing up yeah. to their contracts. Because if we're talking about a defensive turnaround here, it starts with those two players. If those two players aren't playing well, it's hard to imagine this Chargers defense turning things around. Yeah, having Joey Bosa back, you know, and and especially after last week when the Raiders miraculously decided to double team Thule, uh twenty eight <laughs> times uh, to let and, Cleo uh, Mack go off for six. And, sacks. Yeah, exactly. It allowed Cleo Mack to do whatever he wanted against whoever he wanted. Now you're gonna have to worry about blocking Joey Bosa, who has three sacks in yeah. the three games that he's played. Also three tackles for loss, so he's doing his thing. And shouldn't be on a snap count yeah, anymore. Exactly. Hope, and he right? should be good. He should be fully yeah. healthy and ready to go. Fingers crossed on that. But if at you least have since, that, as healthy as he's been since week one, at the very yeah. least, you would think. Yeah, right? absolutely. If you got to worry about that, my goodness. I mean, I think we were talking about also one of the only consistent things that the Chargers defense has brought to the table the last few games has been that ferocious pass rush. It has definitely been real. It has been something the other teams have had to worry about. And on offense, getting Austin Eckler back, that is massive, Daniel. That is big, big, big. I think you'll feel really comfortable with them being able to run the ball a little bit more effectively. And you just know how effective he is in the passing game as that outlet receiver for Justin Herbert. Yeah, and the reason David's saying that is because Austin Eckler should be back on Monday Night Football, according to him. On his uh, Twitch stream, he had a live stream where he said, we have a long time between now and Monday Night Football. This was last week against the Cowboys. So expecting to be back by then for sure. He was a limited participant all week leading up to the last game. I'd and be very, like very... Play. Yeah, and I know a lot of people out there are like, hey, you know, he's doing this because of his contract situation. And to a certain extent, you're right. Because the thing is, is he has to make sure that he doesn't give himself a higher probability of re-aggravating something that could cost him millions of dollars potentially, right? Yeah. At the same time, though, the only way he's getting anything significant is to go out there and prove that he can do it and to have yeah. a good statistical season because that's what a lot of these things are based on, whether they like it or not. 
So like he has every intent to get back on the field and show he is that guy. But I just don't think he was going to take any chances. And I don't think the Chargers were wanting to take a chance with him going into a bye week. But David, it's hard to minimize what Austin Eckler brings to this offense. Like the Chargers don't score zero points in that second half against the Raiders if they have Austin Eckler, you know, to me at least. Austin Eckler is a red zone vulture. I mean, he's proven it. They'll have me He's way it. more than that, right? He's way yeah. more than that. Because a vulture is the guy that comes in on the one yard line after Austin Eckler gets you there and yeah, pounds wrong, it in from the Wrong term. Line. Wrong term. He he he's a red zone monster. I think is yeah. a more appropriate term. He gets in Very the fitting. end zone. Yeah. He he is a guy who just has that nose. I mean, he has that that itch. Like he's gonna get there. I mean, you just know it. And you know that's one of the things that's been missing from this Chargers red zone offense. I mean. He, I mean, yeah, they're trying to run the football. They're trying to get it to Donald Parham, and hopefully he's back from his wrist injury. That's another guy, yeah. Um, Yeah, hopefully he's coming back here. But he's big in the red zone. He is massive, and, you know, you can't really understate his value scoring touchdowns. It's big. It is, yeah. I mean, Austin Eckler, not only that, though. Yeah, you miss him in the running game. He's averaging 4.6 yards per carry. Obviously, he's only played. But the pass protection, right? I've seen a lot of breakdowns from running backs in pass protection, and it's just a hard thing to do, and Austin Eckler is very good at it. They need him back in the worst way, and I can't wait to see this offense. I mean, we only saw him in the offense once, and they put up 34, right? right? The offense ran for 240. I can't wait to see what this offense looks like with Austin Eckler back in the mix and going up against what we know can be a good defense in Dallas and has a really, you know, a couple of very, very good players on that defense. They're going to need him, and I expect him to be back this week. It sounds like he expects to be back this week, but... We expect to be back with you guys tomorrow, as we always are, Monday through Friday. We'll be with you guys up until the game on Monday Night Football. But on tomorrow's show, will be a little bit of bye week, buy or sell. Jalen Guyton potentially coming back. What can he bring to this offense? A lot to still get into during this bye week, and we'll have some fan mail stuff later on in the week, as well as crossover Thursday and a very special interview later on in the week. But to make sure you guys don't miss it, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from, as well as following us everywhere we put our social media out. We always put the show out every single day. You can find us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC, me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. You can also find us on our at LockedOnChargers Instagram and the LockedOnChargers Facebook page. But make sure you guys are back here tomorrow for bye week, buy ourselves with the biggest storylines and overreactions for the Chargers going on right now. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.